On Your Neighbor Is, we aim to bring you the stories of everyday people and their creative pursuits and passions. We pass by so many people in our daily cycles and don't always get to know the ones who are around us. So on our podcast, we want to highlight some of these people, people that could even live on your same block, as we push our slogan, Get to Know Your Neighbors. Welcome to our podcast. This is Your Neighbor Is. My name is Brian. My name is Gabe. And we are your hosts. How you doing, Gabe? Pretty good, man. Can't complain. Nice little weekend out here in Jersey. It got warm all of a sudden again in the middle of October or whatever, but I'm not mad at it. Oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Just a little last taste of summer before it really starts getting into fall. But uh, yeah. But yeah. How you doing over good. there? I'm good, man. You know, just chilling out here in L.A. You know, it's still warm as usual, but actually it's been a little cold lately. So I guess we're on kind of the flip of each other right now. Uh, But, you know, cold for us out here is 55 degrees. Man, that's Um, the thing that always like stumps me in L.A. is like I've seen like on, you know, just pictures and videos like people in L.A. wearing like full on jackets and hoodies and i'm like ain't it always like hot out there like bruh bruh the minute it dips under like 60 degrees people uh break the peacoats in the furs out, out here. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> anyway well we got a really special guest on today's episode on today's episode we got actor director writer extraordinaire shay lucas hi how are you thank you for having me fellas thank you for having me How's of course, going, thanks bro? for I'm thanks good, for I'm good. Out. I'm doing very well. What you got going on this weekend? I got a little bit of rela- a little bit of relaxation before uh I go on to set for uh, billions this week. Next week, I mean. Subtle flex. Do a little flex. Small <laughs> flex. Very calm. Very calm. Where we gotta get a... Joe to throw in the, the air horns. <laughs> yeah, Joe, where you at? Is that a shooting in NYC? That's shooting in New York, yeah. Cool, cool. But yeah, bro. So, like we were talking before we have time, basically, how we get it started is we just, you know, ask you about where you're from, where you grew up, and like if the neighborhood that you were in kind of influenced, you know, you being on this creative path that you're on now. So. I was born in Staten Island, New York, raised in Plattsburgh, New York, and Teaneck, New Jersey. I think as far as like my neighborhood or my state's cultural influence on me as far as the arts, I came up in my arts education uh, with New Jersey Performing Arts Center, and that's in Newark, New Jersey. I had been working with them ever since I was a a young boy. Uh, I started training with them. At the age of nine, I stopped working with them and, and training and performing with them in my mid-20s. So just the culture in New Newark and the culture that New Jersey Performing Arts Center had growing up really influenced me. Music influenced me as well in the arts. I was a dancer before I was an actor. I danced professionally for a long time. So I would say music definitely 
got me into, I at least put my feet in the door of arts. And then it was just skyrocketed from there. I started training in dance and music, speech, voice production, action. I mean, acting, fighting, stage fighting, stuff like that. So New Jersey really did the culture of New Jersey and the culture of Newark, New Jersey was a great influence and really got me into, I would say where I'm at now. And then going into college in New York, I went to the American musical dramatic Academy in New York, where I studied musical theater, voice production and speech, stage acting, film acting and the culture of New York. I mean, (laughs) I mean, if you're an actor and you live in Jersey and you haven't stepped foot in New York, or done any work in New York, you're not really an actor. I'm sorry. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. You can't say I'm an actor and you live across the bridge and never have stepped over there and done anything or just taken in a show or taken in a, a class. New York's culture is just through the roof for, for artists. For sure, that's a nah. huge fact. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, and that's, like you were saying, Newark, New Jersey. You know, even when you're on Staten, just that sort of proximity to Manhattan. I mean, in in America, that and L.A. really are the two hubs of, you know, acting. And and like you mentioned, starting out on the stage and and studying theater and musical theater, you know, New York really is the place to be for that. Yeah, I feel like it's the Mecca. Yeah, totally. And, And just like you said about as a young actor, like regardless of your career and starting your career, the ability to go and see shows and take in so many different performances. Mm -hmm. It's just a blessing for any, you know, young kid with that goal growing up. Absolutely. 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 And like, and I, and I was always, I'm a sponge. I've always been a sponge by nature. So going to shows and just being taken in by, I mean, when I go to a show, the actors aren't the only thing I'm paying attention to. I'm paying attention to the set design, the costumes, the lighting. Like, no one does it like Broadway. I've seen shows in Cal- like, I've seen the shows in, um, that are done in, in California. I've seen shows, stage productions that have been done in, in Washington, D.C., in the Shakespeare houses and stuff. But nobody touches set design or full productions like a New York stage does. And that's Broadway and off-Broadway, which I've done both. Totally. Yeah. It's just a completely different sort of feel, you know. And like you said, off-Broadway, regardless of Broadway or, you know, 42nd Street or whatever, you know, there's so many. always always, uh, wonders what the difference between the two are. I always let them know the only difference between Broadway and off-Broadway is the seat capacity. That's a great point. Yeah, it's literally just the seats. And it means we're on a different street. But other than that, that's the only difference. You're still getting a Broadway show. I mean, yeah, that's that's a huge fact. And I think, yeah, that's proven just by how so many of these really popular award-winning plays, musicals, whatever, usually start on off-Broadway or even off-off-Broadway, mm-hmm. you know, and then eventually make it up there. It's kind of just like, okay, this is the trial run in some ways, but a lot of times the show is completely fully formed and in its final sort of final form already. Yeah. So you mentioned you started on the stage, but mm. right at the beginning of the conversation, 
you said that, you know, you're working in TV now, you know, working in film. Was there any sort of conscious choice you made where you said, hey, I want to branch out? Or was it just kind of going with where the career took you? It's a bit of both. I would say it's more about wanting to to change my branding or say it's a bit of rebranding. Stage is great, and I love stage, and I always do it. If I see an opportunity and I see a show that I want to get into, I'm just going to go and do it, or at least go for it. But I know that there's more notoriety and there's more money in television and film. And I think that's where I need to, like, that's where I want to go. I want to be, I want to do stuff like I want to be an action star. I want to be a leading man on, on, on in a drama. I, I feel like also... Uh, more people watch binge watch television and films than they would go spend money on a ticket and go sit down in a seat. You know, people would much rather binge with their pajamas on than go get dressed up and go see a show. Yeah, that's true. So, again, like with our generation now, we're so tech minded. We got phones in our hands. We're watching TikToks and YouTubes and Netflix and Hulu and all that. I want to be in people's hands, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. You know, uh, it's hard to say to a friend like, hey, man, um, I have a show. My show opens up, you know, this week. Can you come out this week and come see it? I would really love it if you came to open at night. And people got to plan for that. No one has to really plan for sitting in my living room (laughs) in my pajamas. And, and and clicking on Netflix. So Yeah, I mean that's, that's a really, good point. Yeah. You know, and plus totally. I, I want I've always seen myself on the screen as well. I I've been on the stage and there's still things that I want to accomplish on the stage, but I wanna be on, you know, some of my favorite shows and I wanna be a like, you know, the guy. I don't wanna be just a guy walking behind all the time or, you know, the guy that they say one line to. Like I want to be that guy. Like Right. You know, it's kind of like unfortunate, like you say, that like the like the, the you know stage shows and Broadway and all that, unless it becomes like a massive hit, like the Hamiltons and whatnot, like you're really gonna have a tougher time getting known for being on the stage. Like you said, with TV, it's like or TV or film is just such an easy access for anybody. Like you see a few tweets on Twitter and like everybody's watching the newest show on Netflix, and if like you're on there, it's like immediate exposure so it makes sense that you know to branch out into that if you like really want to you know advance your career I guess totally yeah and I feel like a lot of you know the way sort of media is going these days you know there's certainly a huge huge opportunity for programs on streaming platforms and stuff like that you know I mean Disney Plus has exploded over the past year. All these franchises sort of getting revived. Pretty much every, you know, original Netflix series has made some sort of a splash. I feel like, yeah, it's definitely sort of, I can imagine any working actor like yourself would definitely be looking at that as sort of like, yeah, that's a lane that you definitely tap into. I mean, it's, it's, it's what's, you got to change with the times. I'm right. you, you got to change the times. People are are now, you know, hashtagging Netflix shows. Squid Game came out what last week, and it's an overnight success. 
And little did you know, I don't know if you guys knew, but it took Squid Game seven years to get picked up. Hmm. I saw that. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. That's crazy. That was the same thing with, I think, that Queen's Gambit show, too. Yep. A lot of these Netflix, like, and the thing is, Netflix is taking chances on people now. That's what it looks like, you know? So, I mean, why not be in the media that's super successful right now? I mean, stage, people will, there will always be someone willing to go pay for a ticket and go out to Broadway. There's always going to be stage lovers. But Mm -hmm. I know right now, people like to watch Law and Order. They like to watch Squid Game. They like to watch Power. They like to watch, you know, they have their shows. So I'm like, why not be in these shows? And we're in a generation now, if you can't prove it, it didn't happen. Mm. Honestly. So it's like, if I make a post and I say, oh, you know, it was great tonight doing Romeo and Juliet. If there's no photo or video of it, it's, it's people are least likely to believe that you did it. But if I put up a video of me in a scene on a show, it's like, oh, I see you shining. I see you. You know what I'm saying? So I have to change with the time. I'm 34, you know? So it's not about... I I feel you. It's not a business where you can just say, oh, I was doing, and people will readily believe you. Now it's like, oh, let me see. Do you have have an Instagram? Do you have a YouTube channel? It's like, all right, I see where I have to go now. Exactly, yeah. And, And I think going back to one of your points earlier about sort of accessibility, you know, like you said, you want to be in people's hands, you know, or people's computer screens or, you know, phone or TV or whatever, you know. Right. And it's like stage is such a beautiful thing. But we hear all the time, kind of like we were talking about these TV shows in development, how like a Broadway show opens up, doesn't do well initially for whatever reason, closes. And then like 10 years later, it's revered as like, whoa, this is one of the greatest shows, but just not enough people were there or, you know, something else happened or the theater didn't take it on right. You know, there's so many different hurdles for, you know, getting like a stage play into that sort of collective cultural consciousness whereas yeah something on netflix something more digestible even on youtube or whatever can just has so much more of a chance to just immediately take off because it's just so much more accessible to so many more yeah we're a lazy generation too this is a lazy generation now so people are like i said (laughs) people are, are are more agreeable when it comes to binge watching you know, a streaming platform versus, oh, you mean I have to get dressed? I have to shave? I have to leave my house, take a train or drive over the bridge to then find parking to then, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So if if you cut all of the variables out and say, oh, give me the link. Oh, it's it's streaming on. Oh, wait, where can I catch it? Oh, okay. All right, I'll do that. Then people are going to do that. And when you meet people and you tell them like what you do, what no matter what the the whatever it is, if you say I'm a rapper or I'm a poet, what's your name? People are already hitting your like going to Google.com and looking you up. So yeah. it might as well be in your hands within a click or two. I feel like. No, nah, I think that that totally makes sense. Like you said, it's just like as soon as you like meet new people or if you're you know networking or whatever it's an immediate like what's your ig or something and they look you up and like see what you do and so if you like you said if you have like these tv clips where you can like show actual visuals of you being on set with something people like immediately get impressed by that 
Exactly. Exactly. It's easier to believe and to follow someone if they look like I was talking. I said it earlier on my gram uh, on my story. I was saying that people today are more they're more in love or they fantasize the finish line and they forget that there's an entire race that has to be done in order to get there. So they want to see the product. They don't want to hear about the product. You know, if you someone calls you enough, that's why people don't call. A lot of people don't make phone calls anymore. They text because a phone call means that you're going to go on and tell me a whole story. I'd rather you text me because if you text me and you tell me you're doing something, you can send me a photo. Mm. Instant people. It's like we're we're a microwavable generation. We want to know right now that you did it. If I say, oh, yeah, I was rehearsing. No, we don't, they don't, nobody cares about rehearsal. <laughs> don't tell yeah. me about rehearsal. Nobody wants to, like, you can't tell, like, a, ra- a rapper can't say, oh, I was, I was having a, you know, a little uh, pen to paper session last night. We don't care. Where's the song at? <laughs> <laughs> it's real, though, yeah. It's I mean, that's a big fact, yeah. And it's like, like you said, microwavable generation, people want easily digestible stuff. And I feel like a lot of times I can imagine somebody you know, working actor, or writer, or performer, you know, I'm sure that there's sort of a tug to do things differently through the lens of social media, right? And it's like, a lot of times that can be sort of damaging to the overall brand or the overall sort of process, you know? And it's like, I can imagine that a lot of people are motivated kind of by, you know, the engagement that they get from social media. And I've, you know, since oh, I've lived course, out yeah. here, in, yeah, and like since I've lived out here in LA, I've even heard stuff about people up for a certain small role, you know, and sometimes the coin flip is like who's got more followers, like straight up, you know, and I'm sure yeah, that, that, that takes ho- account. That definitely yeah, takes account. Like hopefully that's a little exaggerated, but I also no, can see no, how it's not. It's not actually. Uh, wow. I hate to cut you. Wow. I, I hate to just just to no, please, confirm please. that I've had auditions that come in. Like I'll 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 get an audition. It gets sent to me. I'll go ahead and send myself like my headshot and resume in, and then they'll send a response. And the response will be like, "This is not a booking, but we're very interested. Please send, you know, more candid photos and your measurements. Send my measurements off, and then I'll get booked. Like you know, I'll get the job." And then they'll have like a little survey or something for me to fill out. And it'll say, you know, regular stuff like your name, email address, Instagram handle. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why do they want my Instagram handle? And I really feel like they want to make sure that, it, that people that they, I feel like they want to make sure that, you know, you are somebody or that, you know, you look like something or that you're about something. That's yeah, I guess crazy. That, I've yeah. never had that until like recently like, like I said, I'm old school. Like when I went on auditions, it was, you know, I saw a Facebook post about it or, you know, I, I got backstage newspaper, not, you know, I'm using the app now, but I went and got a, a newspaper, you know, and there was an audition and I went to the place and there was no nothing about social media. They didn't ask for your Facebook or, or whatever. It was you, the actor, you read those lines the way we like it. Oh my God, we love you. Come back in this day. It seems very like like the fact that they even ask what your Instagram is now. It's like, do you want me or what the perception of me is? Mm. Yeah, no, that's definitely real. It's almost like you could almost say it's like degrading in a little way. Like, 
It's like if even if you kill it on like your audition, it's like, is it not good enough if you have like a thousand less followers than the other person? Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's really kind of crazy because when you think about it, it's kind of like they rather than really sort of going with perhaps, you know, who they think is best for the role. It's like they kind of want that additional layer of okay, this person will be able to assist us with promoting this project. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, so-and-so has 10K and -and so-and-so has 50K. That person with 50K, if they post a story like, hey, check me out in, you know, movie one, two, three, whatever, you know, more eyeballs are going to see that. And then, because, I mean, I feel like with with the, at least in the film and television industry, I can imagine that there's a lot of sort of people whose job is make or break, depending on the success of the project, you know, depending on the scale yeah. and the size of it. Yeah. You know. I mean, I really feel like actors now, like, are more of a, like, they're, they're too, because social media, we have social media, like, I feel like we're too, they're kind of too uh, hands-on, like, I can be too personal. I remember where actors, they used to be a spectacle. You didn't see them unless they were doing their thing. You didn't see what they ate for breakfast and see their pets and see them on their vacation to Dubai. Like, I don't know. Social media is, it's, it's kind of fucked up the game, but it's also done a lot of good for the game as well. Like, it's hand in hand. There's always a little good and there's always a little bit of bad with every situation. Some people, you know, they got, so, you know, discovered by social media. So... Like I said, a blessing and a curse. Totally. I feel like, yeah, you just got to know your relationship to it and, and use it for the positive things, but don't get bogged down with all Very of the much sort so, of, yeah. you know, negativity wrapped up in it, too. Very much so. Yeah, so go, going back to the stage acting and the transition to, you know, doing TV and film now, do you feel like you took any of, like, your skills or what you learned from being on the stage into now being on like tv roles and stuff like that stage acting and film acting are two different elements but yes very much so i had a teacher named randolph pearson mr randolph pearson when i was in amda and he was preferably you would call him a a state a theater uh theater teacher theater actor he taught for stage but he was a he was a stage actor who also did film and the way he taught us and taught me was to be more method and to be to fully build full characters. I mean, like from their mindset, the way they talk, the way they all their mannerisms. Like, so I've taken my stage, my stage acting, and I've you I you do use it for for theater. Uh, I mean, for um, screen. All the training that I did for stage comes with me to to film and I think that's a plus because they usually say that stage actors are over actors but I'd much rather be someone who gives 150% and be dialed down to 100 versus the actor who has to work up to his 100% like I hate being on set with people like that like oh you have to give me a moment to find myself to cry (laughs) If if you were living in it you wouldn't need to that's what I like about stage actors. Stage actors have to live in a world because we don't have certain things that make the world, I guess, 2D. I mean, uh, 3D. 
So we have to literally like bring you into a world and make it as believable as possible with nothing but our bodies. Right. So when yeah. it comes to, to film where they do have that glass that you needed to drink from and they do have running a running faucet and, a, you know, you're actually taking a shower because I was so used to miming those things out and making them real to me on stage, doing it on film is it's more it's almost transcendent in a way. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely have taken all my skills from theater and brought them to, to film. The only thing that's different when it comes to film is that you have a camera in your face or on you during your performance. But like a stage actor, I've, I, I'm paying attention to whom I'm talking to in the scene. So mm -hmm. because it's, it's real life once they say action, for me, I don't even, once they say action, I don't see the camera. I'm, I'm, in, I'm living in the moment. I think that's a, a valid point you were saying too, that like with stage acting, you really got to insert yourself into like that world because it's not like TV or film where there's like, you know, a bunch of different takes. Like once you right. start, once you start that stage show, it's you're, you're 100% going for like an hour until it's over. So. Until it's done. There's no, oh, like, wait, sorry, I fumbled my line. Like there's none of that, you know, what I love between the two is that when it comes to film, you may have a director who allows you to do it different times every time, but out of all those different times, they're only going to get the one that they liked, and that's it. Mm -hmm. it. It may not be the one that you fell in love with, but on stage, it's different every performance. Every performance is different. You'll never come to my... like if you If I was on stage for a week and you saw all seven shows, not one performance would be like the other. Would you say that's like a, a mindset you actually bring into it? Like you want to make much it different so. every time? I, I do. I take whenever I do my another take, I make it different than the last one. And some directors, you know, they they may say, hey, Shay, could you do it like you did it the last time? And I'll say, OK, fine. You know, and I'll just do it like, you know, mm -hmm. repeat. But I have a lot of a lot of for me, sometimes I'll even ignore you know, the director, and I'm like, no, this is, I'm living in this. What do you want? Do you want real acting, or do you do you want me to really live here, or do you want a robot performance? And a lot of times, the director sometimes will even stop insisting, and they'll just let me rock, because they're getting a true committed performance every time. And when I'm done for the day and I rap, they always say to me, like, yo, oh my God, Shay, you are so great today. You're so great. Like, you're going to make editing so hard. Like, I'd rather hear that than Great job. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I want to make it difficult on, on the editor when he's editing. Like, damn, this guy's so damn good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great mindset. And I feel like as a director and an editor, you know, I feel like if I was in one of those roles, I would kind of appreciate that because it's like you're given different looks. And in that way, you're helping the project out. But you're also sort of personally, you know, distinguishing yourself from somebody who might just be like happy to be there and just get up and do it exactly the way the director wants it, you know, right. because it's like at that point, you know, what are you even really bringing to the performance? Now, right. I feel like the best, the best stuff is produced when everybody's working in concert together and sort of trying stuff out in the moment. That's what it's supposed to be about. 
it's supposed to be exciting every time. I've I've had the the great opportunity and honor to work with one of my favorite directors and actors, Mario Van Peoples, throughout the pandemic. And working with him, he's one of those directors that he doesn't go for. He's he's not a director that wants robotic performances. He wants a different take every time. He wants you to take it up every time. He wants you to live in it. And those are the directors that I, I like. I yearn to like work for, you know, and work with the the ones that literally know that what we're putting out, that final product that goes out, is supposed to be a real project. It's supposed to be energetic and and engaging. I feel like when I watch television now, like I, I I hate I despise certain actors because their performances are so robotic, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, I I like to do I like actors and actresses that take chances and like, and they fully live their lives like on screen. Viola Davis is one of them. She's like, mm. like some people give her a lot of like flack because she's always snotting out of her nose when she's crying and, <laughs> but I mean that's real. <laughs> the fact that she can turn that on and she goes yeah. there, oh she's yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, 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 that's amazing. And I feel like, you know, yeah, you don't want to be somebody who's just kind of like they're playing themselves to an extent, you know, and they're just dropped into every movie. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay. Yeah, I feel that way about Will Smith. Now. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I feel like he plays himself over and over again. I think he's had only one transcendent performance, and that was Ali. Other than that, I, I'll give him maybe um, Pursuit of Happiness. But other than those two performances, I'm like, I'd rather see you do comedy. That, that, I, and that's just me. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I think that he is a comedy gen- a comedic genius. Right. And he should stay in that and like stay in that lane. But like, who am I to tell another like person what to do? Because someone could say that about me. Like, so I mean, more power to him as an actor. He's he's get, he's getting the work. So that's just my take. I just feel like he does play himself a lot. Yeah, I could say that. You know, because it's like you kind of know like what's coming when that person's right. on screen. You know. Right. And I feel like one of the coolest things about acting and, and performing is that ability to transform, you know, and really. And I mean, if we think about these performances that people have really hailed over the past 10 years or so, a lot of them have been like a total, you know, transformation to the point where you're like, wow, is this really the person who played this completely different role or whatever? Right, right. You know who's who's one of those guys? Uh, Tom Hardy is one of those guys. Like, if you watch Dark Knight Rises, and then you watch Venom, and then you watch, Jesus, anything that he's in, like, he literally becomes these characters. He transcends when he plays roles. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, he's Ledger's uh, Joker performance. Like, they literally trans... They're, they're not recognizable and that's the type of acting that I, I want to do and like I try to do is I don't want to be recognizable right I want you to see the character that I'm playing and it's like oh my god like you were so good at that like oh man I don't like you yeah right you know nah, I think you're right I think that's the the best type of acting when it's really like you kind of separate who the actor is just like as a you know day-to-day person from the role and like they just become that character. Like, you don't even really see their usual self in the character. You're like, wow, they're just, like, fully in this role. 
Right. Like that, that's the whole point of being an actor to, at least to me, is that when you're on screen or you're on stage, the person's not supposed to go like, Hey, that's my buddy right there. It's like, it's who is this person? <laughs> right. You should want to, when you're finished, like I've like, if I play a bad guy on stage and I come off stage, I want people to be like, bro, like, Whoa, get away from me. Like I want them. I don't want anyone to, to see me. I want them to, to literally see the person I'm playing. Like that's how realistic I try to be. Or try you, to you want those like the the like hate comments on your IG like fuck you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you yeah, killed I my favorite those, character. Like, like yeah, if I'm on yeah, if I'm on a show and I'm playing a bad guy, I want people to comment on my shit like dickhead. Like I can't believe it. You ruined season you ruined the season for me. Episode five sucks now. Like, yeah, yeah, I ruined right. episode five for you. I'ma ruin it right. episode six too. Like <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to be like that. Like if I play a, a sad guy and something bad happens to me, I want people to comment on a picture like, we miss you. Like, I, I want people to be fully enthralled with me that they like that. I can't walk around and people not like, hey, man, what are you doing here? Don't you live in New York? And like, you know, or some <laughs> yeah, shit like. Right. Totally. You know, I feel like with all that said, is there anything that you kind of like always bring in your, I guess, bag of tricks? if you will, to like a new audition or a new project? Or is obviously that just kind of more dependent on the character, the role, the situation? You know, what's your mindset kind of like when you're approaching like a new in-person audition? In-person audition, auditions period. I go into them, I have the mindset that I already have the role. I have to do that in order to shy away any any blockages like between me and my performance. Cause if I don't fully feel like my, like if I don't fully feel that I have the role, then I feel like I will not convey that in my performance. I fully own everything. I kind of, it's kind of almost a cockiness, honestly. Um, I come into it knowing and, and saying to myself, nobody's better than me. Nobody else that they're gonna watch is better than me. I even say when I'm finished doing an audition, like, I'll say to them, I look forward to working with you. I look forward to hearing from you. I'll drop. I'll say like this. I'll say to them, this role is mine. And, you know, they may be, you know, they may go and say we're not giving it to him because he's cocky. But I've gotten way more roles because of the ownership that I've taken over the, the not only the material, but the role and my responsibilities up front. And I think that's what a lot of actors miss that I know and like, I see they're missing that responsibility, like taking ownership responsibility. They just think, you know, give me a script and I'm going to do my thing. Like, you're an entire business. So when I come into it, I let them know, like, you need me. That's the kind of the air that I have. Like, you need me. I feel that, you know. I mean, I think, I think like, that's really sort of a great mindset for personal preparation, you know. I mean, who knows how people will respond to that. But, like, mm -hmm. personal preparation... You hear it all the time, like in like a sporting event or some other sort of competitive thing, you know, so many times people are saying something along those lines, like, I got to think of myself as the best person out there, you know, right. And that's my preparation. That's my drive. And I think it's really cool to kind of bring that to acting as well, because mm -hmm. like you said, remove the boundaries between right. you and the character. I mean, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm super humble 
at the beginning, middle, and end of the, of the day. But if I just can't, if you say words like I may not or I hope, you leave an air or a door open to an unsuccessful process. And I, I stay very positive minded. I always say I have an audition. I'm about to get this role. Every time I, you know, every time I'm talking to somebody or somebody's like, hey, what are you getting? What are you doing today? I got an audition. Got to get this role. I would comma, got to get this role. You know, if you're not pumping yourself up, no one else will. That's a fact. Yeah. And I feel like even if you're not saying out loud, like, hey, I'm worried, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get it. It definitely comes through, you know, in your body language, whatever, you know, like I feel like with the audition, you want to leave an impression on them. And if you're doubting yourself, then are they really going to remember you? Exactly. Like, even if you think of it in terms of like walking up to a lady like that you're interested in, if you walk up to her with your shoulders slumped, head down and you're scuffing the floor and not picking up your feet when you walk, you could say the the sweetest, most loving thing and she'll just say, no, thank you. Or, oh, that's nice. But if you probably stand up straight and put your shoulders back and poke your chest out, you know, lift your feet up when you walk and have a smile. Look her in the eyes. She just might say hello to you before you even get to her. Who knows? Totally. Yeah. You know? I mean, confidence is key with with many things, and right. especially in such a like cutthroat in many ways industry as as acting and performing. Very much so. And there's a lot more no's that you get than you get yeses. So of course, if you if you go into it with the confidence, even if you don't get it, it's okay. Okay to say to yourself the next one, but if you're going into it like uh, very sheepish, and you get a no, you get worries. I have friends who who went into auditions sheepish, and because you know you may go on 13 auditions in one day, maybe 24, and 23 of them may say no. Honest to God, 23 may say no, and if you're very sheepish, you would you may get all 23 of those no's in a row. And then you, because you felt sheepish, you'll luck out and say, this isn't for me. And then they'll call you for the 24th. And now you're, you know, you're a registered nurse somewhere instead of being an actor. Or, you know, you're a carpenter when you could have been an actor. I don't know. I feel like if you love it, then you got to love everything that comes with it. The yeses and the noes. You know, basketball players don't stop playing basketball because they lose games during the season fact and like you said it's it's a race you know it's a marathon you know and you got to keep your eyes forward and keep working like you said and you know i i noticed just checking out your ig previously that it seems like you've got your hands in a lot of different things obviously you know working on multiple shows different things but something i thought that was cool was kind of like the little scenes you posted you know be it you know like a scripted thing like the high school reunion or when you and your buddy recreated the scene from heat, you know, and stuff like that. And I feel like that's a really cool sort of way to keep going and, and keep just creating for the love of it, you know, and is that something that totally. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's what comes across to me. So I feel like, is that sort of something you usually go to when perhaps you have, some time or you know what's your thought process kind of like there i have projects and things that i've always wanted to do and put out there 
so when I have time off or I'll just plan it, like uh, I have other friends that like, um, I don't know, the gentleman that I did the heat scene with, he's, uh, he's a recurring character on Law and Order right now. And we had been trying to work together for a long, very, very for years actually. But he'd be in a play while I'm in a play or I'm in a show and he's in a show or he's doing a movie and I'm choreographing this dance show here. So we, our schedules are crazy. So in between my doing what I love and, uh, you know, on TV shows and whatever, I have little, oh yeah, you know, I've always wanted to do this scene from this movie and I just do it. Uh, I feel that you have to, with, like I said, this social, with this social media generation, you know, people want to see those things. I, I, you know, I go on TikTok and I see the things that have 1.3 million views. And it's like some guy doing Denzel Washington's King Kong ain't got nothing on me in a bathroom talking to his toothpaste. And I'm like, that got a million views. Like, so if I go do the real thing, how many views will I get? How many people will see it? You know? So I'm just like, I, I have goals. I write them out. I try to take on things that people either say I can't do or that they never thought that I could do. I'm an artist, man. And I'm, you know, I'm sensitive about my shit. I love it. You know, <laughs> I love it. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, social media is one thing, but if somebody pulls up your, your stuff and they're like, okay, well, dude, isn't really doing anything. Then they're going to be right. like, okay, where's the passion, you know? Right. Cause it's like, regardless of, the job, the fame, the money, whatever, yada, 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 yada. I feel like ultimately it comes down to you got to just love this shit, you know? Right. And you got to want to do it, you know? Right. I agree. Yeah. And a lot of the times when I'm putting out projects, it's also because I feel like if I'm not doing something that people can see, you know, in between, you know, the shows, because I don't know when those, a lot of the shows are dropping. I get the com I get the information when everyone else gets it, you know? I have to be doing something. I feel like I have to be showing people that I'm I'm still doing it, because if I'm not, you know, the clout goes down, and then I don't know. This, Like I said, this generation is more about what you can prove than what you're doing and when it finally comes. So, I have to always be doing something. So, why not be doing taking down scenes that I love and projects that I love and, and making my own content. You never know. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a good way to just keep those gears turned and just keep like practicing in between too. If you think about it. Like, Very much so. You should, but, I, I believe you should always be harnessing your craft. Right. I know you, you've also like dabbled in, you know, writing your own films and like directing your own stuff too. I know probably with the acting now, there's probably less time for those things, but do you still try to, you know, dip your fingers into that? Funny you say that. I just got finished doing, working with a really great production company on a Street Fighter project. And the company's name, uh, if I remember, Films for Grimm. That's the name of the company, Films for Grimm. Yep. They write and do their own action films. and they actually kind of, they asked me while we were filming the Street Fighter project, hey, man, uh, do you write? And I said, yeah, you know, I, you know, I haven't had the time to finish some scripts. And they said, oh, man, we're always looking for new action movies and stuff like that to do. So, like, you'll finish a project and, you know, we'll work on it with you. 
and I, you know, we kind of became family through this one project, which is kind of, which is cool to me. So it's kind of gotten me back in into the the writing. I'm, I'm currently finishing a script right now called Scarlet Rose. It's a short action film. So yeah, you know, uh, I, I've gotten back into the range. I hope to to do a bit of directing and acting in it as well when it, when I finally start to work on it. Hell yeah, yeah! Can't wait to uh, can't wait to hear more. And how do you like the the sort of feeling of of being the writer as opposed to the actor? You know, do you consider different things, or are you kind of still writing from the lens of being a performer yourself? It's a bit of both. I feel like to be a, a, a really good a, a writer, you have to take in who's watching, what's important to be seen. You have to immerse, fully immerse people. I believe in writing where the images pop off the, off the page to you. So I am taking in consideration the actors. I am taking into consideration the camera. I'm taking into consideration making making sure that I write it well enough or with enough explanation that the director knows how to fully make the picture come to life on screen. So yeah, yeah, I I think the same deep the the same care that I go into at my acting with I take it to the writing as well. Yeah, I guess you kind of have to like almost insert yourself into the role as a writer too, because. I know there's been like those clips you'll see like passed around online of like some teen actors like going off, but they got like the cringiest lines ever. And then people are just like roasting them for it. Oh, yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes you can. And I always say the bad, the worst writing is the shows where like the characters I can't like see myself in or connect to at all. It's not ever really about length of the show for me. It's always about whether or not the show has captivated me. If I can't be immersed in the world that you're trying to provide to me, that means the writing sucked, which means that the actors sucked because the actors, usually it's supposed to be the writing is only as good as the actors, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's the actors are only as good as the writing. Like you couldn't put like Denzel Washington in a show like, you couldn't put him in Simpsons, like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, Simpsons right, is right. written for a particular audience by a particular person. Like, you can't put, you can't mix those worlds. Like, you can't put oil in water. And I feel like certain, like, that's goes hand in hand with certain writing. Like, if you're a bad writer, everything is going to be bad about this. Do you ever, like, find yourself as, like, when you're the actor and you got a script, do you ever try to see if you can maybe tweak some things that feel like I always tweak. I always do it. I am that actor. Unless it's Shakespeare, and that's because I love the language, and he is the most perfect writer ever to me, I always tweak something because because I become the character that I, that I play, it has to be real to me. Everything that's, that's said has to be real to me. So once I'm, I'm like living in the mindset and in the world of my character... If there's something in the page that just doesn't make sense to me to say, I just won't say it. You know, it has to be honest to me. I just got finished doing this dark comedy called Regular Negroes. It's, uh, I think it's coming out within the next year. Great writing. The writer's name is Reggie, uh, Reggie Williams. Great guy. Great writer. He also acted in it. But my character was like this 
like, he was like this super perverse guy. Like he like literally every episode he kept talking about how he would like beat his meat. And I was like, I don't want to keep saying this. So they would be <laughs> like literally we would be action. And my line was supposed to be something like contrary to doing that. And I just wouldn't say it. <laughs> I either wouldn't say it or I would say a completely different line. And he would look at me and be like, bro, your line is like the, even the, the script, the script handler would be like, uh, Shay, the line is okay. That's fine. You can keep saying that. I'm not saying it. <laughs> and I, and I, he would ask me to the side, like, yo, bro, like, why aren't you saying the line? I said, yo, that's not real to who I made the character. If you want me to really act here, that's not, I'm not comfortable saying that. It's not real to me. And Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. That might, some actors might get fired from that. And some actors are super respected for it. And the, the writer and the directors are like, you know what? Okay. You took a chance. You know, it's the same as when actors ad lib lines in films. Like, I don't know if, it, if you know, but in Training Day, that King Kong ain't got shit on me line, that was improv. And the director put it in the movie as if it was written. There's uh, several film, films that do that, you know, and actors take those chances when they're living in, the, in those moments. Totally. Like, it, it creates so many iconic moments like that because it just feels so real, you know? Like, right. that was perfect to the character. And I feel like, yeah, that's something that you can't be afraid to take a chance, especially if, you know, as the actor living in that role, you're like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, something doesn't seem right here. I don't, I, I would even go as far as to say, I think there's very few actors who say their lines line for line. Unless it's super inherent, like inherent to the story, you can even change a word. Like you can put a is instead of ain't. But you can change certain little little things. But you know, improvisation is, I I feel is always key to every role I go into, unless unless it is Shakespeare. And even in with Shakespeare, I find little, I might do a laugh or a gesture that may be contrary to how most would perceive the role to be, but I have to bring realness to every line, every every character I play. See, I feel like when it comes, like the perfect thing for an actor to do is take a chance every time. You got the job already, so just take a chance. Right now, I think like you were saying, if you're if you're literally reading the script line for line, that's when it comes off robotic. Right. Now I just can't. I've I've never been that. I've never been that. Like even even in roles where like. I'm not, I have no lines. Like they might, uh, they might say, Hey, all right. In this scene, bro, we just need you to open the door and, uh, just take a stance. I say, okay, no problem. But I mean, I find a, like, you know, I'll, I'll make a face. I, I do something. I have to live in it. And usually they'll be, they'll be like, Oh, you know, Oh man, that was really great, man. Oh, you know what? On this take, why don't you, uh, follow the person? I'm like, Oh, if I didn't take the scene, <laughs> if I didn't take the chance, they would never have asked me to do more. And I, I honestly, I, I believe that's like, that's what any, any director really wants is someone that comes on, onto set or on the stage and does what they ask, but they bring some, some, what I like to call some spice to it. Yeah. You contribute to like the whole you thing. You have to, you have to, or else you, that, that's what every actor brings a different type of spice to their roles. That's why they're getting the job. They did it better than this person because there was just something about them, whether it's their looks, whether it's it's the way they their inflections, 
It's something. I mean, Al Pacino with the hoo Like, no <laughs> one does that, you know, like he does. <laughs> no one. No one makes a, a grimace face like Robert De Niro. You know, no one points their finger like Denzel Washington. Yeah. There's a certain, no one yells, God damn it, like Samuel L. Jackson. That's real, yeah. You know? There's something about everybody. So I feel like just like those actors, they took chances with their personalities. And, you know, like like Robin Williams, like he literally is one of my most favorite actors. Like that man literally was a million people in one body. And he took a totally. chance with everything he did. Jim, Jim Carrey as well. Like they called him the man with, a, I think, a million, fa- a hundred faces. You know, Jim Carrey, too, he takes a chance. If he never went out and got on that stage and showed people all those weird faces and contortions and weird voices, he would not be where he is now. He took a chance on himself. Totally. You know, it's and and he left a mark, you know. And yeah, I mean, all those guys are distinct and are familiar and have similarities from role to role, but they really kind of embody whatever role they're in and add something new to it and are are loved as a result rightfully very much so yeah so you're working on a script uh you're working on some tv shows you're making your own shorts you know staying booked and busy what what's next for shay lucas you know is there anything else we haven't talked about that you might want to shout out or tell people to uh to be on the lookout for Oh, man, uh, I have so many things that I'm, I'm working on. So to try to shout out one and then not the other, it's, it's, ugh. somebody, like, hey, man, I thought we was, yeah, we are. But I, I had to, <laughs> uh, I have my hand Back, in a couple yeah. of pots right now. I just want to say, I, that's why when I post, I always say, just keep watching me because <laughs> I have so much going Back. on. Just keep watching. I, I, I'm working on a couple of things. I have a couple of scenes coming out. Um, within the next few, over the course of the next few months and the holiday months, I had my Street Fighter project that I was just working on coming out. Like I said, I have regular Negroes that's supposed to be dropping very. That's supposed to be dropping within the next few months. Yeah, just watch me. I, I, I'm watch me. Season two of Raising Canaan. Look out for that. Watch me on Wu Tang if you haven't been watching. If you follow me on Instagram, you see some of the posts. Go watch your boy on that. Go watch your boy on Billions. Go watch your boy on Secession. Man, I'm out here. Just watch. Just look <laughs> Clearly, out. Clearly, yeah. Well, it's a beautiful thing. Any streaming yeah. service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you got a streaming service, watch me. Uh, if you got Apple TV, look out for Uma Thurman's new uh, Tailspin. I'm in that. Uh, if you got, I think, Hulu as well, we'll look out for Amy Schumer's Life and Beth. That's supposed to be dropping at, uh, soon, I believe. Just look out for your boy. Look out for your boy. That's fire, bro. It's a beautiful thing, man. Hell yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be tuned in. Thank you, man. But yeah, I guess, um, so just to, to close it out, the, the way we usually wrap things up, or if, I know you didn't want to shout out any specific project, but maybe if you have, you know, a fellow actor, writer, just any creative in your community that you'd want to spotlight and give some shine to. Go look out for my girl, Catherine Nunez, on Instagram. Yo, she's doing big things. Oh, man, all over. She, she's, she's big. Uh, we got a scene coming out. We don't have a date on it. We've both been talking. Our, our schedules are kind of hectic right now. 
she's been doing the Latina Film Festival, and then she's got a she's got a couple of YouTube projects and some um, really dope web series and web documentaries coming out. Following her and her pursuits as a Latina actress, but her and I got a nice scene coming out. Uh, y'all gonna know exactly what show it's from when we drop it. But my girl Cassie Nunez, go follow her at Cassie Nunez on Instagram. She's a great Latina actress. She's making big waves right now, so go follow her. That's my girl. All right, shout out to Catherine. We'll definitely have to check out. Check out what y'all doing. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Me... Also, my bad. I'm so oh, sorry. Go ahead. Again. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yo, if you are not following the Golden Child, if you are not following the Golden Child, bro, the music. If you are not following Goods, if you are not, fo- bro, if you're not following these two artists. Something is wrong with your ears. These dudes are next up. I mean next up. I'm not saying that because my brother and my boy. I'm saying it because these guys are next up. Listen co-sign. to these cats. Listen That's to major these co-sign. fellas. Follow them. Watch them. They are next up. Man, two, two previous uh, your neighbor is guests, yeah? Fact. Two of the first three. Word. That's a big fact. Both of them got major heat. On the way. Major. Major. Red, Red Van Chronicles coming out soon. Yeah, is that right? Hell yeah. I know Goods got some fire tucked away, too. Yeah, Goods, oh, you know what? Goods always got, Goods is like a good magician. He's going to have <laughs> to pull something out new every time, man. Damn. Yeah, man. Trying, trying. Big fan. Man, fact. ask yeah, about bro. me interviewing me. I should be interviewing you, man. <laughs> Too much praise, bro, but I appreciate you, for <laughs> real. I really appreciate you being on the show, bro. Thank you, brother. Definitely Thank you for having great. me. Thank you for having me, fellas, for real. No doubt, great man. conversation. Yeah. Drop some gems, and, yeah, we'll be we'll be looking out. Uh, yeah, we'll hype to catch you on, on every streaming service, bro. <laughs> catch you on every streaming <laughs> service. Definitely, man. And make sure y'all go follow our boy, Shay Lucas, at underscore the real Shay Lucas. Yeah, come keep follow up with everything he's doing. I'll keep you entertained. Come follow me. Definitely. Right, thank you for having me, fellas. No doubt, bro. Of, All of right. course, man. Yeah, great convo. Everybody at home, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. We got some more guests coming soon. Uh, so we'll be having some new episodes out ASAP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody stay safe out there. Yeah, year two. Year two. Just cross that first year mark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just going to keep keep working like we said uh, on the show today. But yeah, Yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Uh, This has been another episode of Your Neighbor Is. My name is Brian. I'm Gabe. And we'll catch y'all later. Deuces. Mm, Deuces.